Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith, Edinburgh. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday morning service, held on March the 20th, 2022. To find out how to join us, and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. here in the building and also at home on this uh, beautiful sunny day. I think spring is definitely here and my hay fever's uh, coming on strong, so I know know the signs. Um, a special welcome to Lash Community back, but also to any visitors here in the building and also at home. Uh, I look forward to Geoffrey doing the reflection Later on the theme of homecoming and also uh, in the Lent groups, we're looking at scripture uh, this week. We've already looked at um, silence and then last week we looked at uh, service. So we start our service. There's an awful lot going on out in the world uh, with COVID increases and Ukraine and all sorts of things. We start our service with uh, a moment's quiet uh, where a singing bowl will be rung and I invite you at that time just to, just to try and let go of all the uh, anxieties that we all feel in many ways uh, so that we have a time where we allow God to refresh us in both word um, and in fellowship and also in communion. So let's start with that moment's quiet. And I'll light a candle uh, here and invite those people at home, if you have got a candle ready, to light your candle as a sign of Christ being with us here in the building, but also with all the people uh, in their own churches at home, as it were. So let's just prepare our hearts and minds to worship God.
now come to our time of confession. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So let us confess before God the times when we have fallen from temptation into sin.
this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 to 9. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen, so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hear what the Spirit says to the church. Thanks, Thanks be to, be to God. God. Gospel is from Luke chapter 13 and verses 1 to 9. Glory to Christ our Saviour. At that very time there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. 
A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, I'm very uh, excited by um, this week's Lent group focus, chapter three of, of uh, Richard Carter's The City is My Monastery. Uh, he says his Nazareth community uh, was formed by being with God and being with one another, chapter one, with silence, chapter two, with service, and chapter three, with scripture. So I'd like to take a few minutes today to consider how scripture speaks to us, how God makes known to us the word of God, how we hear or discern uh, a message or revelation or declaration or new understanding of God's will, God's mercy, God's love, which with the help of the Holy Spirit, we apply to our hearts and to our lives, both individually and as a church. Are you still with me? Because we proceed to reverence and to, and to read the scriptures from a belief and a, and a conviction that, that this is in some way holy. And of course, Christians down the ages have, have found inestimable comfort and guidance and assurance um, in these words. But there are difficulties. Um, it was compiled, not divinely dictated in one go. It was made into canon largely by discussion and debate, by synagogues and Sanhedrins, by councils and convocations. There were, of course, males in power, so parts reflect patriarchal domination of different times. And the Bible was pieced together from a huge range of written sources and oral traditions over a thousand years, and crucially, every part carries with it something of the cultural and historical context in which it was composed. And then you have sayings of, of, of one person um, or one time redacted for a later time compiled, such as the Gospels. And yet, after all that, Christian preachers like me still believe that it has a unique authority and divine purposes for the church and for individual believers. And many preachers find that as they interrogate the text, the text interrogates them. In the city is my monastery, Carter begins chapter three, rereading the story in Luke of the parents of the 12 year old Jesus losing him at the Passover festival, finding him three days later at the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And part of Carter's own community's life is the process of entering scripture in the same way, listening 
asking, wondering. And that's the way we're approaching the scriptures in the Lent groups, listening, asking, wondering, listening to one another, asking questions of the text, wondering what are the ways in which God is speaking to us personally. And our method for practicing this, and I submit that it is very much at a practice stage, is Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina, divine reading. And a brief description, an ideal number for this is about 8 to 12 people. And as a group, we listen to a passage read aloud. Really important to hear it in the knowledge that the text is being addressed to each one of us. It's read again. And individually, we notice whether there's a word or a phrase that seems to be speaking directly to us. It's read, um, um, it's, it, it, it's read a third time, and individually, we notice. And then those who are comfortable, sorry, after the second time, share that word or, or phrase without comment or explanation. And then we listen a third time, and the invitation is then made for each person in the group to reflect briefly upon the word or the phrase or the part that they have chosen without comment. They're asked to address how the scripture is speaking to their own life from a first person point of view, rather than preaching or explaining to others in the group. It is an opening rather than a dispensing of knowledge. So Carter writes, there must be trust for this process to work well, and this trust will grow as the group meets. It depends on keeping a structure that provides a sense of safety and an acknowledgement of each person's contribution, being valued and respected. And within the field of our lives, the scriptures are the seed which can bear a hundredfold no one voice, no one voice holds a monopoly on the truth. God can speak through us all. And by listening to one another, we guide each other back into the gospel, into the encounter of the word made flesh. And we discover this word as both individuals and as community. So, for example, if you have the, uh, the readings in, in front of you, um, take the first two verses of the reading that we had from Isaiah chapter 55. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come buy and eat. <clears throat> come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. What do you hear and see and feel here? I suggest that how you hear this will be very much influenced by your own situation and context. And after what I've said about the Bible, if you are, as it were, tired out from chasing pleasures of life, wrapped up in the duties, you may hear the call to turn to scripture more often, more carefully, more attentively. If, on the other hand, you work in a food bank, 
or you depend on a food bank, you maybe read it very differently. You may be glad that through the generosity of people, the poor are fed, that God's grace inspires charity, caritas. But you may also be angry at the social conditions or the lack of political will that means so many have not the means to feed themselves and their families. Maybe the rich food spoken of here are achievements in social justice. They're victories in the continual fight for equality of opportunities. Either of these interpretations and others would, I think, help a group, help others, if you shared them in that group. Now, a lot of people are intimidated by the Bible. They're awed by its supposed authority. They're confused by the multiplicity of meanings and interpretations and the breadth of the teachings, the, the length. They're unable to start interpreting the complicated array of instructions in Old Testament and New Testament. So reading it for Lectio Divina is, uh, is um, both simpler than it looks and harder than it looks. Any man or woman being trained for leadership in the established denominations is carefully instructed in ways of interpreting scripture so as to reduce the possibilities of spiritual abuse of listeners in their preaching and reduce the misuse of the Bible. For some parts, it helps to have help. So going back to part of the reading for today, in the gospel passage, the questions about sinfulness and suffering they take on an added poignancy if you learn that the Galileans who were slaughtered by Pontius Pilate's troops were making their sacrifice as part of a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Perhaps much as Jesus and his disciples, Galileans, heading up to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage few of them understood, but most of them feared. But still, you may have trouble with the word cheeks prominently repent. Now, when I uh, first read these passages with a view to preaching on them today, I quailed. I did not want to preach on repentance. I did not want to do any finger pointing here at St. James. I didn't want to lay a burden on anyone. Uh, personally, I've, I feel caught by that word between memories of the evangelical and the holiness preachers, apparently requiring the crushing of my fragile self-esteem, grinding me down with the doctrine of original sin. And crushed by, on the other hand, the meticulous confessional traditions of the Catholic Church and its historical uh, accounting of penances carefully calibrated to suit each, to suit each sin, etc. But there is a, a wonderful translation of the New Testament by the American uh, philosopher and Eastern Orthodox theologian David Bentley Hart. David Bentley Hart. He is a universalist. He argues elsewhere that late Christian doctrines of hell and damnation are simply wrong, incompatible with the loving God of the New Testament. In his masterful translation for the original Greek word metanoia, usually translated as repent, throughout this translation, he uses instead change your heart. Change your heart. 
which takes us away from the, the later Latin penitentia and its emphasis on guilt and sorrow and suffering. And in so doing, invites us to participate with God in that admittedly lifelong project of having our hearts changed to be more loving, more open, more fruitful, changed by the Spirit. And the way that Luke has Jesus following those repentance sayings with the parable of the barren fig tree, the combination does encourage an individualistic reading of the parable. This is all about, about me, the, the reader. Uh, maybe it's encouraging. I'm being given a little more time by the uh, gardener uh, to, uh, <clears throat> through the grace and mercy of God, to start bearing fruit worthy of repentance. But in the ministry of Jesus, commentators would say that the thrust may have been more collective. Jesus had his harshest criticisms for the religious leaders of the time, and he wept over the collective failure of Israel to show any signs that it was practicing true religion and dedicating itself to mercy, justice, and walking humbly with her God. Well, this too may be brought by one of a group, uh, one of a reader in a group engaging in the Lectio Divina. So I'm suggesting that some study, some guidance, can be helpful for reading the Bible. But for many passages, uh, I'll admit, for many teachings and stories, the problem is, as somebody put it, not that I don't understand it, I understand it all too well and I don't want to accept the implications. But that betrays a fear that is unfounded. We will be afraid, yes, if we are unwilling to come home to God. If we do not trust that God has the best, the very best for us. We can be afraid if we think that the, the bulwarks and the comforters that we have pulled around us to keep from being hurt by others or by the world, if we think we are better off deciding what is best for us rather than going on the adventure of discovering what God is going to do with us, for us, in us, and through us. So read the Bible. Open the word. Break it down. Share it round. Let it interrogate you. Let us as a church be questioned by it, pushed out of our comfort zone made open to new things that St. James the Less in Leith is being called to do. Scripture, as we read and study and share and work at it, will lead us out and it will bring us home and it will lead us to Jesus and to him be the glory. Amen. Our theme this morning is coming home and I'm sure we've all experienced the feeling of coming to our familiar place that we call home, closing the door and finding peace. So today our prayers are about peace and wholeness and you are going to be doing most of the praying and not me. There will be some headings 
and you're invited to name people or places that come to your mind in each category in the short silence that follows each bidding. You can pray for yourself or other situations too, if these are what comes to your mind. Then there will be a response, God of all peace. And you respond, bring peace to your world. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. So let's pray. Caring Mother God, we, your children, come to you this morning, bringing our broken world and our broken selves to seek your healing and your peace. We pray for peace from injustice and oppression. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. God, we pray for peace from bullying and fear. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. We pray for peace from war and terror. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. We pray for peace from poverty and discrimination. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. And loving God, we pray for peace from hunger and thirst and drought and famine. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. And we pray for peace from addiction and hatred. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. We pray for, for peace from guilt and anxiety, from grief and illness. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. Loving God, we bring before you each person, each situation, and each place that we have named in our hearts, trusting that you will hear our prayers and will answer them with your peace. So we pray for peace throughout our world, peace in our countries, 
towns and cities, and we pray for peace in ourselves, in our hearts, and in our very being. Make us ready to, and show us how to be peacemakers in whatever way we can. God of all peace, bring peace to your world. Amen. is broken for the life of the world. Let's unite us. Holy things for holy people, broken things for broken people. Come, let us receive. If I invite the music group as they come around receive communion here.
The love of God surround you, the passion of Jesus inspire you, and the wisdom of the Spirit guide your thoughts and actions. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.